Hello and welcome to the RBC Broadview Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Good morning, church. Yes, this is Charity. Charity loves God. She feels she's a daughter of the Most High King, so she's proud. Uh, as Andrew has said, yes, I am a member of RPC, so I'm one of you. I lead the African Fellowship, and uh, I am privileged and honored to be standing in your presence today, being the vessel that the Lord has purposed to use today to bring his word. Uh, I am a mother of one, as Andrew has told you, and I am a married mom as well for a very long time. And I uh, thank God that he has sustained us because when you enter into marriage, it's a journey of life. But you, you take your vows, but you don't know whether they will be sustained. And I thank God we have done ours for the last, I think, 20, 27 years now. So I'm not so young. That gives you a brief idea and a summary of myself. And uh, as we have been going through the peace series this month, I am the one to be concluding the same. And uh, I hope I will speak with the eloquence and the fluency that all of you will understand. Uh, we have been talking of our anxieties and our fears, and that mine has always been my accent because I know I do not speak the Aussie English. I came here <laughs> with my own Kenyan accent. We learned the British English, but I remain my own individual and I maintain my identity. And uh, yeah, so we will focus on what the Lord is saying and not anything else. And. I'm sure we shall be blessed. And as we have been encouraged by all the speakers who have spoken that whole month about our fears and bringing them to the cross of Christ, we are winners because of Christ, not because of ourselves. And I am sure even today, God is going to remain the winner because it's all about him and not about us as individuals. Amen. Uh, we'll go together and read uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 17 um, to 21. Thank you for projecting that for us. Is it okay if we can read it together? Yes. So it says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Okay, the front really looks more at the back. I hope you're able to read. <laughs> and be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, 
Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, Paul, when he is writing this to the Romans, uh, if we look at the background at least of this book of, uh, of the Romans, he is teaching them what it means to live out uh, in complete, their life in complete submission to Christ. And he, it also is teaching us how we should be genuinely loving one another. And he invites us to also examine our own lives and our commitment to Christ as we reconfirm our relationship with uh, fellow believers as members of Christ's body. And we find that Paul's theology of love is expressed in all his letters uh, to the churches. And so in this letter, he's teaching them what it is also means to be loved by Christ and what Christ has achieved from, for them through his death and resurrection. And he's now teaching them how to live it you know, to live that life in action. He's teaching them what it means to live out as the redeemed people of God. And they are not just living because they have been redeemed. They are living in a broken world. They are living in a world that is so full of hate. And they have to stand out amongst this hate. They were to individually take the responsibility of loving one another and live as peacefully as they could. Because it is not easy living in peace when you are in a harsh environment. And this way, then, the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross for their own forgiveness would be edified and seen in their lives. And what then does it mean to live that life in action, the love. The verses that we have seen actually summarize for us what it means to live that life as Christians. So we are to willingly forgive just as Christ willingly forgave us. It's a purpose that we put into it. It has to be intentional to be forgiving one another. We have seen the sacrifice that Christ made for us as people who had been condemned through the sins of Adam and his forgiveness, Christ's forgiveness for us sets us free from that condemnation. As his people living in that freedom, we are also to devote ourselves willingly to each other with such sincere love like Christ did for us. 
it has to really be sincere. It has to be seen. It has to be having some fruits. That love. We are recipients of God's grace. And so we are expected to give the same grace to others who are not deserving. Do you ever have people who annoy you constantly, no matter how much effort you put in forgiving them? I know as a person of color, this is something I consciously do. I meet with people in the streets, people I have never seen before, so they don't know me. And they outrightly tell me, go back where you came from. I have been told, go back where you came from. You came to take our jobs. And somebody has even called me the N-word, the nigger, which is so insulting. And what I choose, I have chosen that default position. I do not respond. And when they have called me with my son, I tell my son, they were not talking to us. They don't know us. But whatever they said, we are different because we have Christ who is love. So we will pray for them. And it happens sometimes, so many times, I have lost count. But that does not deflect me because Christ received the same things, insults and being judged. And as a bearer of his cross, this is part and parcel or the package that comes with it. I'm not exempt. And I have to represent Christ and represent him well. It's always at the back of my mind. And Christ, we see, or Paul is telling the, the, the Romans, reminding them before we come to this verse, to remember that they had been, the Israelites had been given the law. The law was to help them to remain in a covenant relationship with Christ. But they kept breaking this covenantal relationship with their sins. And God just punishes them with love and calls them back. And many, many times they are forgiven. And from this, God now is reminding us as his family as they consisted of Jews and Gentiles who are not Gentiles who are not called in the Abraham covenant first, and now they have been accepted into it by Jesus Christ, Paul is teaching them how now they should be living in unity and how every gift that each of them has should now be used for building the church of Christ. And for us, as a church, uh, we are the church of today that is representing Christ. So each and every gift we have should be used for edifying the church of Christ. Not for any individual glorification or gratification, because then that would not really be God's calling over us. And Paul is reminding us of how to do that so that those gifts benefit the church in verses 9 all the way to 13. 
the Romans, uh, the Roman church were to overcome evil with love that, that could only be understood in line with what they had received from Christ. And this love had been poured out into their hearts through the Spirit of God. It's not their own doing. It had to be poured through the Holy Spirit of God. We see that in Romans 5.5. 5. For Paul, this love that they had received was expressed through God sending his son Jesus Christ, his death, and his resurrection. And this is the same love that God has sent to us today. The Holy Spirit of God who lives in us, who guides us daily through every circumstance that we face. We are to be careful to do what is right and not just in our own eyes, individual eyes, but in the eyes of everyone. We need to allow ourselves to be used of God to show this love to not only those we fellowship with, but also those who are outside of our church, our church community, and let them be drawn to Christ through that love that we are manifesting outside of the church. Not just fellowship with one another here and not as well outside because then we are not growing the body of Christ. And Jesus did not just live in the temple. We see him out there preaching and multitudes following him. That's the love he wants us to share out Extending this love to one another is an ethical response to what Christ has done for us. It is a practice that we do so that we are not only representing Christ, but then we are living out what he did for us. Living at peace with one another is also an emphasis that Paul has made to each and every one of us brethren. And he urges us to make a very conscious effort to be at peace with everyone. It's a conscious effort. So it doesn't come easy. Effort. Effort. We make this effort to give that gift of peace to someone who has wronged us. We make that effort just as Christ does give us that gift of peace to us. We did not deserve. If, God was, if Jesus was counting our sins today and we examine our hearts and our lives, we may say still we don't deserve that peace. But he has chosen to give it to us. We choose to accept it so we are at peace. And as we have accepted it, we give it out. We don't hold it. We don't withhold it. We give it out. Living at peace with one another means that we are not also going to be giving, keeping a record of how many times one has hurt us. Because keeping that record will be overwhelming. 
And once it is overwhelming, it will lead to stress. And it will lead to the it will lead us to the anxiety we've been dealing with. So make every effort so that in your heart there is that peace. Christ thrives in the peace. The Holy Spirit of God thrives in a peaceful heart. Once there is hate, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He will not live there. Empty your hearts of anything that is not, as we read, good, admirable, edible. All the things we've read. This is not excuse. Uh, when we forgive or one person because they have wronged us, we are giving them that gift as we have been given. And when we do it, let us do it with gladness. We're not giving them that gift because they deserve it. Remember, they have hurt us. They don't deserve it, but we choose to do it. And even if they don't deserve it, and we have chosen to love them in spite of their sins to us, this does not excuse their sins. Get me right. We are not making excuses for their sin. No. But then, since grace is undeserved favor, and merited favor on us, we choose to gladly give. We have received it from Christ, and so we give it to others in our course of living out our lives like Christ. The Holy Spirit who lives in us is the only one who enables us to do this. Forgiving one another in obedience, as we see in uh, verse 19, is something that we are to do as Christians. We live in an age where people love seeking redress in the courts. And even Christians go to the courts. And I'm not just saying do not take a dispute to court. It depends on the magnitude of the dispute you're taking with the person you're taking. But Paul urges that we live in church where we are able to sort out disputes without first going out to the, uh, to the courts. And for in church, uh, instead of giving those who deserve to be taken to, uh, to court that gift of being judged there, we offer them the gift of mercy. And it is not easy. No. Paul knows this too well. It is not easy. That is why it even is coming out as a command that we should not take revenge, but leave revenge for God's wrath, for he is our avenger. Proverbs 20, echoes this, and it says, do not say, I will put you, I will pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord, and he will avenge for you. God will always avenge for us. The church is the body of Christ. And the fellowship of its members is of supreme importance to him. Uh, we are to live in unity with one another. 
Christ's love is what knits us together as one community of believers, and also it helps us to maintain Christ's presence on this earth. Forgiving each other is not easy, but the forgiveness is an attitude and an action. It's an attitude and an action. It is sometimes hard to forgive people. And some conflicts leave people even unwilling to face each other to sort out their differences. You want to reach out to somebody and say, I'm sorry, I never intended to hurt you. But they make it so hard for you to even offer an apology. What do you do in such circumstances? You should show by your actions that you have forgiven them. We should show by our actions to one another that we have forgiven each other. It could be either praying for them, offering to lend them a hand even if they might not be willing to accept it. Uh, it could as well be sending them a gift. It's hard. But it has to be acted. Such conscious efforts display your willingness or our willingness to mend fences and live in harmony with one another. And this is what in reference to an Egyptian tradition of carrying a pan of burning charcoal on one's head as a public show of repentance, Paul is teaching us that in doing so, we heap burning coal on their heads. Doing that. Paul is urging us to overcome evil always with good. Uh, this becomes the best way of getting your enemy to turn to a friend and by extension for us to eliminate differences in the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is our body. So how do we apply what we are learning from Paul? We are learning that love is something that on ourselves we are not able to give. We are not able to give one another. It is only if Christ is in us and we are living out our lives that are like Christ did that we are able to give it as a gift to each other. We do not do this for our own selfish gains, but we do this because we are intentional in living out our lives as people of God who have received unmerited love as well from him. Intentionality to forgive, to love, to make fences, to be at peace always with one another. Are you willing today to love yourself? by forgiving yourself where instead of living your life as one loved by God, you have allowed the stresses and anxieties of life to control you until you even hate yourself. Are you willing? Paul gives us the, that's the characteristics of love 
in Corinthians 1 and verse 13, and it says it is shown in kindness, in patience, and not in hatred, not in jealousy, not in pride, not in arrogance, not in rudeness, not in resentment, or a sense of getting even. If you're needing help dealing with any of this, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God will help you deal with them. And as well, individually, ask the Holy Spirit of God when you pray to help you overcome them. So let us now live out our lives as the forgiven people of God. And we should always be willing to the give that gift of forgiveness to others so that we are living in harmony with one another. Christ has gifted himself to us and we need to selflessly reciprocate the same love to one another irrespective of our cultural, ethnic, or even religious backgrounds. May the Lord help us to live out this calling and may whatever he does us from doing this be taken to God in prayer. May we learn to cast all our burdens to him in prayer. I don't know whether the whole series of peace with God have spoken to you afresh. And yeah, is anything that you realize that this month needed to be changed. And I pray that the Holy Spirit of God will help you to achieve that. God bless you. I'll pray. And as we pray, I know there is one song that is favorite to me that speaks to me about casting my burdens to the Lord and asking me and challenging me to ask myself why sometimes I also worry and I worry too much and default to a position of worry when I am faced with a challenge instead of defaulting to the point of prayer. And I want us as well to take that with us when we are crossing, which is... What a friend we have in Jesus. But I will pray. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the peace that you have assured us. We thank you for we know that, Lord, as you sit by the right side of God, our Father, you're sitting there interceding for us. You're there not counting our sins, but you're there praying and advocating for us, oh God. We thank you, Jesus, for that day, uh, that gift of love that you gave us, the gift of patience that you have given us. And I pray that each of one, uh, one of us, my father this morning, will be renewed in their minds, in the understanding of your peace, O oh God. I pray that Holy Spirit of God, you will enable each and every one of us to hear, always be still and listen to your uh, still voice as you speak the love of Christ into our hearts, we thank you that you are the God who chooses to live uh, in our hearts and in our midst in, uh, in the spirit form so that we are encouraged and we are comforted as we face each and every uh, matters of our lives. We shall not be anxious. We shall not be worried, but we shall walk in the confidence knowing that you live in our hearts and knowing that God 
You put that plan for us of our lives so that we are not going to be a fail. We will be winners in Christ. Thank you for that assurance. Thank you. I thank you for using me as your vessel this morning to be a blessing unto the people of Broadview Church. May you bless me as you bless each and every one of them. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through the hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.